I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. Um, so our favorite author, J.K. Rowling, is back in the news. She's she's in she's at least twin, trending on Twitter like two to three times a week for whatever reason. Um, but so this is about her new book. And it's interesting because there are two. If you look up J.K. Rowling new book, there's two news articles. One is from MSNBC. The other one is from Fox News. MSNBC the title of the article is J.K. Rowling's new book says transphobes are the real victims. Fox News, MSNBC column hopes J.K. Rowling's new book will be the final nail in the coffin for her transphobic legacy. (laughs) So it's an opinion piece um, by Natasha Norman. Oh, sorry. By Natasha Noman. Um, Like no man. Yeah, no men here. (laughs) So J.K. Rowling's book frames herself as being persecuted by bloodthirsty trans supporters. Her book reveals how unaware Rowling is seeing herself as a victim of a community she has targeted. J.K. Rowling's latest installment in her Cormoran Strike mystery series, The Ink Black Heart, was recently published under her very public pseudonym, Robert Galbraith. It coincidentally centers around a public figure who gets canceled for being a transphobe. The poor thing even ends up getting murdered. The character, Edie Ledwell, a well-known cartoonist, gets persecuted by former fans turned vicious trolls who also coincidentally accuse her of being racist and ableist. This article just jumps into it. It is the final nail in the coffin, we hope, of Rowling's transphobic legacy. If this sounds familiar, it's because it is. For anyone who's managed to miss it, Rowling has a long history of public transphobia, over which former fans have canceled her many, many times. The ink black heart of her experience appears to be her attempt to paint people like her as victims against a bloodthirsty mob of trans activists who threaten the morality and upstanding Ledwell. One of her online harassers murders her, though readers are left wondering for most of the book what what ideologically drives her killer to such lengths. It's the nail in the coffin we hope for Rowling's transphobic legacy. Readers are left wondering, or this particular reader was left wondering (laughs) though readers are left wondering Mm. so the book's been out for i don't know like a couple days um so this article goes on to say uh this book reveals how unaware rolling is one of the most influential and wealthy people in the world a cisgender white woman sees herself as a victim of the minor minoritized community she is targeted a community that doesn't have nearly the same platform or reach she has her sense of victimhood is the icing on the bigoted and unpalatable cake that's a laugh yeah, oh, the poor, the poor trans uh, ideology community has no platform. I'm sorry, you've um, you've single-handedly like redefined the English language to the entire world. Uh, it's a pretty good coup for. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, oh my god, I can't even get, I can't even. 
<laughs> There's so many things to say. I mean, you just keep repeating. It's transphobic, transphobic. She has a long history of transphobia, long history of transphobia, long history of transphobia. Not really. She has a long history of of um, battling for um, sex-based rights, mm-hmm. she would say. A long history of of actually going out of her way to um, say respectful things about transgender individuals while still saying, look, yes, I respect your, 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 your freedom to live any kind of life you want and to love whoever you want. I support that. However, I and groups that I am concerned with also have a right to talk about what we need. And like as women, you know, um, sorry, as to use your language, even though you have no influence, even though you forced me to use a completely different language, but you have no influence. Um, a, I'm not a woman anymore. I'm a cis woman. I identify as a woman. Women, people that identify as women don't feel comfortable with other people with dicks being in the same room and watching us, un- uh, watching us undress in a changing room, regardless of how they identify. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as I have said many times, like transphobia to these people just means like, <laughs> like, like disagreeing with me, doing something that I say not to do, disobeying me. That's transphobia. Right, and all of the people who are, you know, all of the, the woke people, like, they definitely have a platform. They definitely have a voice to come back. They have back the, the biggest and, platform of, of, of anybody at yeah. this point. So this article goes into detail about, like, the different things that J.K. Rowling has done over the years that are so transphobic, and they bring up the um, open letter where she and uh, 150 other people signed it, and it was trying to cancel, cancel culture. Um, it says that Rowling and the other people who signed it seemed to not understand or chose to ignore power dynamics and, and, and inequities whereby public figures have reach and influence that the vast majority of others don't, including, for example, a young trans person who might object to online abuse. With this power, I would argue, comes with an even greater responsibility to not target minority communities, especially those already under threat. And then she goes on to throw in the... Um, the statistic around 50% of trans youth seriously consider suicide and hundreds of anti-trans bills have been introduced across the United States in 2022 alone. So just to jump in there for a second, I mean, so much of that, that issue right there, for example, um, was, that's a that's a stat that's constantly thrown around. And it's, you know, I did an interview with a, with a psychologist recently who talked about that, you know, where like, uh, you know, therapists and doctors are, are absolutely forbidden to even discuss uh, you know, a patient's uh, transgender identity. And, you know, people who have 10 years of experience with a client saying, you know, this is not this is not a transgender issue. There's something else going on. There's depression going on. There's this going on. There's that going on. And you can't talk about it all. So, uh, you know, what about detransitioners, for example? What about, you know, what about... And it doesn't matter if the suicide rates go up because of undiagnosed depression or something else. Uh, or a detransitioner who just can't can't detransition because of the pressures on them mm-hmm. at this point, and they commit suicide. It's all going to be chalked up to transphobia. That's the only acceptable answer for depression among trans communities is because of lack of acceptance. Suicide among transgender communities is because of lack of acceptance. It's one of these things. These things that make me so angry. I'm so sick of these fucking people. 
I'm so sick of this argument, these these talking points. It's all it is is talking points. It's like politicians. You go like, would you please just give us a straight answer about <laughs> what are you going to do about taxes? What are you going to do about COVID? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? And they just won't fucking answer you mm-hmm. except in a talking point that drives everybody to the point of suicide because, you know, like – it's just not safe to do anything but talk. I mean, they, it's a, that's a proven recipe, right? Just don't go off script. Don't go off script. Don't 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 start thinking with your brain. Don't start getting emotional. Don't answer anything in a direct way because then they can catch you up. You know, mm-hmm. they can catch you out then. And that's what this is: is talking points. So I guess you like why are we even talking about this person? Like I like I'm glad that we are talking about this person. But what I'm saying is like at a certain point, it's like why. We're just saying, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. Every day, there's like a hundred new articles like this by somebody and they're just repeating yeah. the same shit. And we're just, and we, and then we, and then everybody on the other side just gets angry and just doubles down and it just keeps going. Well, I mean, it's, like, is it's, this person saying anything other than the same just tired old bullshit? The real problem is that this is the person that has, speaking of no influence and no reach, who's controlling the media at this point? <laughs> I mean, except for like Fox News, like there's there's certain articles when you're trying to look stuff up and you know, you can tell it's like, I think it's New York Post. Is that what yeah, it is or something? Or the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail. Yeah. Fox News, of course. Like these are things you can see that and you go, OK, well, they're going to talk about something else. And it's probably just going to be just as hysterical on the other side. Yeah. You can tell just from the headline, like which way it's going to be slanted. There's no such thing anymore as somebody just trying to present like a centrist argument, because if you do, then you'll be accused of of being one of the things that one of the slurs that both sides are going to throw around, <laughs> you know? So if you try to present just a, and that, I mean, that's essentially all JK Rowling was ever trying to do is go, right. it's just going to look, let me just make some points here. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to make points. That's transphobic. It's right. transphobic to question us. Talk about not having any influence. I mean, like who is going to get published by NBC or the New York times or the New Yorker or the guardian, you know, they're, they're not going to print anything that isn't on message here. Right. And in part of the message, central to the message, always is this victimizing, nobody's listening to us, we have no influence, we're dying in the streets and nobody gives a shit. And literally, they are the only ones who will, who can who are allowed to be published by the mainstream media. Well, I think one of the it's this article is interesting and ironic in a different way that we haven't really talked about yet, and that's because they're like basically if like the the rest of the article goes on and sort of talks more about the book like this woman the character in jk rowling's new book she posts a youtube cartoon about a hermaphrodite worm and angry bloodthirsty mobs of trans activists threaten her with tweets like if you got raped every time you said something dumb you'd be permanently full of bleep um and Uh, so, but the thing is, is that like, that's quite literally exactly what happened to JK Rowling. Like she stated some of her own opinions and she still is like, I mean, people showed up at her house. Yeah. People doxed her with her address and issued death threats to her constantly. I mean, she gets death threats like, like. I mean, by the minute. breakfast, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But the, the, the most ridiculous thing is that. The people who are saying, oh, you know, this book is awful. Like, I hope that this is the hill. Like, this is the hill that J.K. Rowling is going to die on. That's what it says at the end. Like, she seemingly has chosen to devote the rest of her life to dying on this hill. Like, 
first of all, the people writing, the woman writing this article is proving J.K. Rowling's point that she's making in her book. But also the thing is, is that like so many people, so many authors recently have gotten in trouble for writing about like by the wokesters about writing about things that like they don't have direct experience about like writing about, oh, I'm yeah. Like if you write, oh, you know, you can't be like you're you have to write a book and it has to have trans people in it but you can't write it from the trans point of view if you're not trans yourself because you won't understand what it's supposed to be like but if you leave that out you're gonna get canceled too then you get like eddie redmayne apologizing for portraying a trans person through acting you know i talked about that i've talked about that before too right it's like you can't even you can't even like pretend to be trans as a form of acting like that's what right. acting is that's what but you can't win with these people because here's jk rowling writing quite literally exactly what happened to her and they're like she shouldn't have written this yeah, well that's what i was going like, to add to this 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 sort of own voice thing you know is that there's a little caveat there's a little asterisk next to that which is mm-hmm. like okay you can only write about your own experience but they're not talking to everybody when they say that what they mean is all y'all out there just shut the fuck up. Like, you can't, like, only black people can write about being black. Only women can write about being women. Only gay people can write about being gay. Only trans people can write about trans. So what if you're a white man? Can you talk about anything? Because nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that. And what was that? Joyce Carol Oates posted a thing recently uh, sort of about, I think, I don't know if Joyce Carol Oates just commented on that or if she was the one who posted it. Like, a, a friend of hers in the publishing industry has sort of kind of revealed this to her that like the publishing industries at this point, the major ones, they just will not publish young white male authors anymore. They just don't publish them. You know, they're just like, if you're white and you're male, like we've been saying it all along, like, you know, nobody's going to publish me. I'm going to have to use like a pen name or something. It's just like the old days, like women, like George Eliot, you know, it's just the opposite now. Like, like, and here it is in hard proof. Like they are not going to publish white men. Fuck them. So the question is with this own voice thing, if you're a white man and you want to write about your experience, that's disallowed, right? So what they really mean is white men aren't allowed to talk about anything. They're not allowed to write. They're not going to get published. Nobody cares. We don't want to hear your story. We want to hear stories about people other than cis, white, straight males, and only those people can talk about that. And it just raises a very, I mean, this is a little tangential point here, but, you know, it's something I think about, which is that it's a very disturbing thing that has happened, which is easy. It's, it seems it's subtle. It's easy to not realize it, but basically... You hear a lot of talk these days about like speaking your truth, you know, it's kind of related to this own, this voice thing, you know, speak your own truth, your own beautiful truth that only you are capable of tapping into. Yeah, absolutely. That's where art comes from. You know, you dig in, you look into the abyss within yourself unflinchingly and you put it out there without judgment and then you can deal with it later. And, you know, and if it, if it makes you look, however, then how, then whatever, you know, that's where, that's where. That's where we get art like Lolita would never mm-hmm. have been published if if <laughs> there's these guys sitting around going like this kind of makes me look like a uh, a sex pervert, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and if everybody was like confused, you know, like like here's this guy saying he wants to have sex with a 12 year old. No, that's the character saying that mm-hmm. um, if a, if a if a man reaches into his own inner truth and speaks that. It's literally diagnosed as a mental illness. I mean, we we talk about this before, where you will see stuff that is that is like just mainstream uh, stuff that could you could a lot of people would say it's just like it's really uh, what's the word? Um, 
lewd to the point of being a sort of grotesque and just completely wildly inappropriate. Like like books aimed at children yeah. that are about topics that are just wildly inappropriate, but it doesn't right. matter because it's coming out of this thing where like, hey, this is my truth. Don't shame me. Well, yeah, so like you're just... shaming somebody for their sexuality. But if a man reaches into his abyss and he's and he wants to talk about his uh his sexual truths, then of course that's it's toxic and probably a mental illness. And he's probably going to be getting labeled you know, all kinds of bad things. So there's something just incredibly problematic and disturbing about that. Yeah, it's just like that other article I sent you a couple, maybe like a week or so ago, about that Time article um, about the author Maya or Maya Kobabe, who uses the pronouns... Oh, yeah. E- it's, ear. it's like you take off the TH of everything. It's like It's like... E-Y instead of they and E-I-R yeah, instead of there. Yeah, and the whole, like, article reads, Talk about like, a control my complex. God, it's like, um, <laughs> E-M-E-R pronouns, uh, the illustrated graphic memoir, Kabobe, explores ear process of coming out as non-binary and asexual, uh... At the time of the book, the book had been heavily criticized by GOP lawmakers for its inclusion of some explicit images, including depictions of masturbation and some sexual experiences. This was like a children's book that literally has pictures of 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 like adolescent boys sucking other adolescent boys dicks. Yeah. And like talking about like how they were going to go home and like masturbate. The book is targeted at children, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, I mean, why aren't you fucking in jail? If I went out to a playground right now and started showing, if I literally bought that book and then went to like an elementary school and started showing it to kids in the playground, I'm pretty sure. Even if you like drew that picture. Yes. at home, oh, at home. Yeah. and like somebody came in and found it, they would be like, "Oh my god, this guy's drawing child it pornography." Seems to me, like if I owned that book in my home, yeah, I would be accused of of having of possessing child pornography. Yeah, how the fuck does that get published? How is that person not in jail? And you know why? The reason is because they go diplomatic community, asexual, you know, or whatever it is, whatever your little identity is that's that's a protected identity. It's diplomatic immunity. The reason why this book was in Time magazine was because um, in Virginia, Virginia Beach, um, a judge was reviewing whether or not the book should be able to be sold to minors. Um, And they ruled that neither the book, that the book neither met the current standard for obscenity and also struck down a portion of Virginia's decades old obscenity law. So does that not meet an obscenity law? It's crazy. It's literally a picture of a person sucking a person's dick. It's a, it's a cartoon. It's not pictures. It's cartoons. Yeah, but so I mean Anderson, that that does fall in the obscenity laws. You can't just you can't just go around like like you can't just go around drawing pictures of like kids doing profane things to each other and showing them to kids. Yeah. So the the point of taking it to court was to try to impose a restriction on the book similar to those of like an R rated movie. Um, and they might appeal this decision, but um, they don't know. It'd be really interesting to see what happens because it's a great intersection. It's one of those things. Um, again, I'm really I'm always interested in these sort of these these points of intersection where, you know, again, it's the sort of where we see the implications of all these premises that have been laid out over the past however many years 
you know, we want to do these. We want to do these changes. We want to do these changes. We're going to change everything. And it's everything. Well, okay. And I'm standing back the whole time. You know, a lot of people are, of course, saying like, well, what about when this happens? What about this? And all of these, like the implications of those premises are unfolding before our eyes. And each time something like that comes up, the society doesn't know how to deal with it. So here we go. It's like, well, here's a book that's depicting homosexuality and and transgenderism to kids and we we love that like everybody wants we want to be teaching our kids about you know non-traditional things that's what these people want um however do these people also are they also into you know child pornography uh a lot of them would probably say no but so when it comes down to this if you oppose this book i'm sure that these people anybody that opposes this is being accused immediately of course of you're not trying to protect children against like you know against adult themes you're trying to you're trying to erase transgender people from the the from existence like you don't want children to know that there's anything other than cis people that there's anything other than heterosexual people right right it's just like the same thing that happens when you talk about like the the, the don't say gay bill right it's like don't talk to don't talk to five-year-olds about polyamory don't talk to five-year-olds about drag queens or uh and and we people like us we say you know we tend to go well don't talk to five-year-olds about sex at all like your kindergarten teacher isn't supposed to be your your sex ed teacher yeah you know um, you're supposed to be drawing like 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 turkeys. You're supposed to be like making turkeys out of paper plates and shit, you know, like with yeah. like with feathers and crayons and, and having nap time. You're not supposed to be learning about anal sex, you know, and then we're accused of trying to like you're, you're erasing trans people. You're putting trans lives in danger. So it's one of those intersections where it'll be interesting. I think, I think those camps just keep getting divided further and further and further. These are the things you just keep driving wedges in there. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. They interview the author and M says whatever the Jesus, fuck it is. These pronouns. Talk about a control if, complex. Talk about like, narcissism. Yeah. You can't just go with they, them. That's like, not enough they, anymore. You need like EM like, Can you seriously, is that seriously that important to your identity or is it more about controlling people around you and making them play by your rules? And the second somebody does that, they go, well, okay, I, you know, I want to be respectful, some well-meaning person. And they try to use your fucking bullshit made up pronouns and instantly, you know, you're in charge. You've got them. It's like when you go into a job interview and it's like a Jack Donaghy thing from like 30 Rock or something. Like all these like manipulative tools that he's got in his pocket for like, like if he's going to interview somebody, his chair is like six inches higher. He puts everybody in like little chairs, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's what it is. Well, the author themselves says, if you read my book, you will discover that it is unbelievably tame. It does include the <laughs> topics you mentioned. It does touch on masturbation, sex toys, sexual health. There's a pap smear exam in the book, which is rarely mentioned in the scenes people are concerned about. But in my opinion, it's probably the most intense scene of the book. And my opinion is that these things are part of life. They're things that pretty much everyone will encounter in some form or other in their life. And then they say, um, I think it's really dangerous and unfair to shield people from things like sex and health and information about their bodies. I would rather a young person learn about topics of sex and sexuality from a book. Um, And she says that uh, it's literature. Like, people should be, 
learning these things through literature, but there's a big difference between <laughs> like the book that we all grew up reading, anybody my age, like that American Girl doll, like getting to know your body or whatever that like you would check out from the library and it was like you'll get your period and it's like not an illustration it's just like we're explaining it yeah totally. you know? I, th- I think that's you know one of the the sort of the undercurrent of all of these com- these uh conversations is that like this kind of book this is not neutral this kind of book it's being it's always put out there as if this is just we're just trying to present facts. We're trying to present the whole picture of health and sexuality and that the whole gender spectrum sexuality health picture. We're just trying to present truth and accurate facts and you people are trying to conceal that. They try to twist it so that it's like they try to make it sound like it's the equivalent of like this like the sex ed topic, which is a in the classic sex ed thing of like you know, mean old Republican conservative governments um, interfering with schools. And they're saying you're not allowed to teach sex ed unless you teach that the only acceptable thing is abstinence or something. And if Mm -hmm. you don't teach that, we're not going to give you any funding. And you absolutely like we should make sure that like teenagers have no access to birth control because that'll make them have sex. And they shouldn't be we shouldn't teach them anything about sex. We should just teach them don't do it. And then, you know, rightly so, I think people step in. They're like, um, that doesn't work because kids are going to have sex anyway. And then they're just going to get pregnant and get STDs because you won't teach them what's going on. I would also point out that, you know, so sex ed is important, but also, um, being steeped in an over-sexualized, fucked-up, amoral culture is also the reason why a lot of people get get pregnant and get STDs and end up, like, webcamming at fucking 14 because they have no reason not to because everything around them is like, there's nothing wrong with that. Just do whatever you want. That's a different yeah, topic for another episode. But, I, but just real gross. quick, it presents itself as neutral, and it is anything but. This is not a neutral thing. You're, you're trying to ram down a kid's throat your vision of there's absolutely nothing wrong with fucking a different person every day of the week. There's nothing wrong with anything you want to do. It's all cool. Like polyamory is good, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like that's the kind of thing this book will do. It'll be like, you know, Billy has three daddies and they all have sex together. They love sucking each other's dicks. Like that's your particular thing that you're trying to ram down everybody's throat, no pun intended. It's not neutral, though, and it's always presented as if it is. I'm just trying to put the facts out there, and you people are trying to silence me. You're not trying to put the facts out there. It's not neutral. And the problem with that is, for a culture that just refuses to step back and examine the implications of its own bullshit, here's the thing. You have to, You have to. again, you can't have it both ways, right? If you're going to start handing out pamphlets to five-year-olds about like how great it is to be a polyamorous uh, prostitute, then I can hand out pamphlets about whatever I want to five-year-olds, right? But the thing is you can't shut down one whole set of ideologies and then and then put the rest of them out there as if they're just education because we've done that before, people. Right. Like when you look back at the 50s and you're all <laughs> disturbed about, about how – how blatantly just one-sided and manipulative that was, right? We're just, that's what everybody was so pissed off about back in the day, right? Was it's like, we're teaching girls that this is what they have to do. And we're teaching boys that this is what they have to do. You know, like 
teaching your sons that they're more manly the more women they have sex with, but teaching your daughters that they've lost all of their value if they give up their virginity before marriage, okay? We can see that as like problematically one-sided and unfair and you're, you're ramming your particular philosophy down somebody's throat, right? But this is no different. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just so sick of, of, of hearing people espouse very biased opinions as if they were cold, hard, unarguable facts. And as if there was no room for discussion on the subject because the case is closed. The case isn't closed, people. And you cannot just disallow half the fucking country from talking about this. And every time somebody tries to talk about it, you accuse them of being transphobes Mm -hmm. or racists or whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, end of rant there. (laughs) (sighs) So um, also in, in sillier news, we're talking about how stupid Twitter is. I decided to try out um, Donald Trump's Twitter platform. Wait, I thought, okay, wait, so, uh, catch me up here. Because Twitter, I know Twitter like banned Trump at one point yeah. for a oh, long he's time, still right? Banned. He's still banned. Okay, yeah. so. He can't make a Twitter account. Okay, so what are you talking about? Um, so oh. he decided to make his own social media. Oh, right. It's not Twitter, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's his replacement. It's called Truth Twitter. Social. Right. <laughs> so I downloaded it. To see what was going on over here and the, the other side of the internet. And <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you see. Trump is on here. He's already made 1.66 thousand, 1.66K tweets. Oh, they're called truths. So instead of tweeting, you're truthing. This is just <laughs> what I was talking about. This is okay. And so for anybody who accuses me, it's like everybody's like, this guy, Adam Monroe is such a Nazi, blah, blah, blah. He's such a Republican. These Republicans are all the same. So now let's hate on Trump for a while. And okay. everybody could get confused. They're like, wait a minute, what's happening? I thought we were, I thought we hated the libtards and we do, but we also hate Trump. So and Trump, th- I was just talking about this. Yeah. Like this is, it's not. It's not an opinion. It's a truth. Let me. Let me truth this. Oh, God, fuck. This is this what let I was talking about? This. Yeah. It's abs- so he <laughs> he truthed um, twelve Big hours. Verb. He truthed twelve hours ago. Not only did the FBI steal my passports in the FBI raid and break in of my home, Mar-a-Lago. But it has just been learned through court filings that they also improperly took my complete and highly confidential medical file and history (laughs) with all the bells and whistles. At least they'll see that I'm very healthy, an absolute perfect physical specimen, plus personal tax records illegal to take and lawyer client privileged information, a definite no, no days of the Soviet Union exclamation point. Man, okay, two things. First of all, you know, like a complete, a perfect specimen. You know, it's stuff like that. It makes me almost miss that guy, you know, because like such a nutcase, you know, like what's so weird. This is like egomaniac to like put that like, (laughs) okay. But second of all, just just real quick, man, (laughs) it's just like the January 6th thing, of course. I mean, this is just, it's frightening to have people with that kind of power who are, again, there's just no sense of like, whatever happened to the idea of like an honor code, you know, like there used to be a thing, even if nobody involved had any real honor and they're all a bunch of fuckers who like got into office by doing all kinds of shady shit. 
there was at least, you had to maintain this, at least the image of respect for the institutions that you supposedly are upholding. Mm-hmm. You know? So, for example, if you're a defense lawyer and you lose the case, you can't just stand up and start saying, this justice system is bullshit, man. The system is broken. None of this shit works. But then whenever you win, you're like, ah, justice has prevailed. That doesn't work. You know? And when you have people like you're the president of the United States and you lose an election and you call foul and say, like, you can't do that. And the FBI legally executes a warrant and you call them, what do you call them? Something, something about like vicious monsters or something. <laughs> like they're, they're executing a legal warrant. You, he puts it in these terms like they, they, they raided his house. And I mean, he's, of course, he's just, but he's like a child who like whenever something doesn't go his way, he just cries foul and, and, and portrays these people as like they're attacking him and assaulting him. It's just like the trans thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like whenever somebody disagrees with you, they're putting trans lives in danger and they're and they're erasing your existence. I'm like, how am I erasing your existence by by saying that I'm not sure that biological males should be able to compete against uh, biological females? You know, that's Trump is it's just the flip side of the coin. Right. And there's just the, the whole idea that <laughs> the whole idea that high ranking institutional representatives have to respect the institutions that they that they that they that they're supposed to be running and representing you know it's like the it's like the the you know i always bring up i gotta remember this guy i can never remember his name the Har- the harvard guy i can't remember what his exact role was but the, the guy who defended harvey weinstein and like he basically just got just just pushed out of harvard for doing it and he's going like um if we stop defending people every time we don't like them if we decide somebody's like not PC, we're not going to defend him anymore. That's not the that's not the justice system. <laughs> the whole idea is innocent until proven guilty. And if even if you think this guy is the most vile piece of shit, somebody still has to defend him. That's that's the system. And you can't resent somebody for you can't you can't like cancel a lawyer for doing his job and defending somebody and letting the system decide. That's what we're in. We're in the middle of vigilante justice here. And when the president of the United States or a former president of the United States is just a vigilante nutcase like this, so what about it's this? frightening. What's your opinion on this? Somebody, this is also a recent take from someone. The USA is rapidly becoming a third world nation. Crooked elections, no borders, a weaponized Justice Department and FBI, record-setting inflation, highest ever energy prices, and everything else, and all, including our military, is woke, woke, woke. Most dangerous time in the history of our country! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Capital C country. (laughs) See, this is this is this is what happens. This is why this is why people like Trump talk the way they talk, you know, because I'm listening to this and I'm going like, damn right, you know. <laughs> and then at the same time though, you know, it's I don't even know what to say. It's really it's just like it's true. This country is just falling apart. But at yeah. the same time, at the same time, I think the only thing that will save it, I guess, is we've got to stop talking like this in this polarized, 
end of days sort of sort of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, like Trump loses the election and just won't accept that he lost it. And he would rather destroy everyone's faith. And that's what's happening, of course. You know, people's faith in the foundations of democracy are completely eroded. And when somebody like when, when Trump loses an election and just insists that it was stolen from him, you know, he is just eroding tens of millions of people's ability to to have any faith if they mm-hmm. had any to begin with. You yeah. know? And his whole platform to get elected in the first place was saying, everything's crooked. I'm going to come in and, and, and be the light that saves the day. And everybody's like, well, it is. Everything is fucked up. Okay. And, you know, and now you have Biden. So it's the same deal. It's like it's all Biden's fault now. You know, he's like the Herbert Hoover of uh, of the current shithole, you know, where it's like, <laughs> You know, it's just like whoever's currently in charge is to blame. Everybody is polarized and just the the language is so polarized and so hyperbolic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just imperative that we just sort of step back and start trying to talk about things in a measured way. Here's the problem with that. Hardly anybody is capable of doing that. I mean, a lot of people just aren't smart enough in the first place But even those who are, hardly anybody has any training for this. I've always said, being like an English major, I've always said that the value of like a liberal arts degree is that the one thing that you're learning that other people might not learn is you really are supposed to be concentrating on like critical thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So getting a philosophy degree or an English degree or something like that, you know, that's like when I used to teach freshman English – I would say, like, I was I was teaching, um, you know, the fall of 2001 when 9-11 happened, you know. Whew, that was, a, that was a, a heated class the next day, you know. I mean, everybody's just in shock, of course, and everybody's really angry, and that's completely understandable. And so, you know, I had my students do some writing about it, you know. And I remember one guy... It's really kind of cool is that he was like one of my worst students to begin with. <laughs> and, you know, actually throughout the semester got much better. Um, and I remember talking to him. That's the one thing I remember from that day is that he gave me an essay that was so angry. And it was basically, you know, to paraphrase, it was something like, um, you know, we've never done anything to these people. And they come over here and fuck with us. We need to like find him and kill him, kill all of them, just blow them off the Good face of the planet, heavens. fuck these people. And the thing is, like, a lot of people felt that way, and it's understandable. I mean, we're just hanging out, as far as we know, we're just hanging out. And these and these terrorists, you know, just turn everything upside down. They change the whole world on us, mm-hmm. right? And they kill a lot of people. You know, but as a teacher, I, you know, I remember talking to him, and I said, you know, here's the thing. I I get where you're coming from. You know, I don't blame you for being angry. But the difference between you and this journalist here, I remember I I, I had them read an article. That's right. That's right. Because things were different back then. I had them read an article from The Guardian. And it was about. The Guardian is cool. They still post good things. Yeah. they, They still post good things once in a while, but they've gotten really, they've really fucking gone downhill in terms of their dignity, just like The New York Times and everything else. But back then, you know, it was a lot more clear cut. It was like I had them read an article from The Guardian because, 
you know, a lot of the, the articles over here were, I mean, there was really no room for dissent. You know, there were articles with that kind of headline, no room for dissent in America, because it was the same kind of thing. Like temperature was up. And if you said um, something about like, well, this is the natural, this is what's going to happen when you continue to like oppress a culture and exploit it for its natural resources and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's like, well, <laughs> you think it's okay to just like decimate buildings and kill people? No, of course not. I'm just saying, let's talk about our foreign policy for a minute. Maybe this is a wake up call. There was just no room for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I had them read an article from The Guardian because The Guardian was addressing that very thing. It was saying like, okay, it's not true that we've never done anything to them. We've been like occupying the Middle East to some degree or another for like a hundred years or whatever it's been, you know, forever, which nobody even knows. Like none of my students would have even had the slightest idea that that was true. We're like, what? This is the Middle East? What? Where the fuck is that? Yeah. Because at that point, we were still making movies where, like, all the enemies were, like, Russian and calling everybody comrade and stuff. We were still coming out of that Cold War thing. And now, of course, all the enemies are, like, Arabs and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, that was the, kind of the beginning. And anyway, I said to him, the difference between you and this, you know, journalist in The Guardian is that, like, you know, you, you know, you're trying to say what you want to say, except you're just, you know, you're just shouting a bunch of shit. And... You know, you have to learn to make a claim and to recognize what is an opinion and what is not. And when you make a claim, it has to be substantiated, you know. And he like rewrote a thing and it was like so it was a kind of an amazing uh, like a little moment of progress there. But, you know, that's basically as an English teacher, I would just do that. Like we watch a film and then they would, you know, say like, you know, well, I like this movie a lot because I, but I thought this one scene was kind of weird and confusing and I thought this other scene was cool and I liked the motorcycles in it, but then I got confused about this. That's where like a freshman essay starts. <laughs> and you go like, what did you like about it? Okay, when you claim that like you didn't feel like this this person's character was developed, like how so? Like when you make a claim, you have to support it. And if you can't support it, then you lose. Like having to like learning how to recognize what is the difference between an opinion and a fact. First of all, learn how to recognize when you're even making a claim, and then learn that it has to be supported. And I would I would say support it, and they'd go and they just try to explain it. They try to just develop it in their head and explain it with more of their own language. And I would say no, support it like textually. Like when you make a, a if you're going to make a claim about this Faulkner, like. Like this is what Faulkner's doing in this paragraph. Well, point to the po- the, the place in the text that that you're that you say support that supports this, you know. Yeah. And that's like the whole thing is just learning. Anyway, that's the the those kind of degrees used to be that used to be the purpose of them. And now more and more that's those those degrees have all become worthless because now they're just they're just degrees in like speaking woke talking points. That's mm-hmm. all it is now. And it was already pretty bad at the time twenty years ago, and now it's just a lost cause and hopeless. What the hell got me going on that rant? It was related, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> it was about... Articles? Yeah, yeah, it was just about like the way that we all talk now. Like people, there's just, nobody's ever had that training by and large. But now it's just even worse. And I just think, you know, part of the problem is just that we're just, you know, social media and the internet being what it is. It's rotted is, our brain. Is like 80% of why we're where we are. Because suddenly every dumb fuck in the world has the ability to speak to millions of people and you're not qualified to do it. I'm sorry. Like, as I say, as I'm talking, but I'm not talking to millions of people. I'm talking to like three people right now. (laughs) You know, not that many people listen to this show. You know, I'm, you know, the idea that like, that, that, that everybody has the, has the ability and the right 
to speak to the whole world is just absurd. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just fucking ruined the world, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just I don't know what we're supposed to do now. How are we supposed to back up from this point? I don't think we do. I think we just collapse. Like a a, a shortbread sculpture. <laughs> Should have used gingerbread. Like a shortbread rocking horse. Yeah, we just watched the baking show lately. <laughs> yeah, that was we that was that was that earlier we watched. Yeah, that? It was we've, been, we've been binging the the baking show, the new episode, uh, new season or most recent season, and, and they had to make like big sculptures. Uh, and. For everybody, toys. everybody used like biscuit sculptures, and they had to make yeah. toys sculptures, like a toy. And everybody used gingerbread mm-hmm. because that's why they make gingerbread houses because they're actually like robust enough to hold up. Yeah. And then, um, and this one person was like, "I'm going to be brave and artistic and take a chance." And she used shortbread, and it yeah. all collapsed. It was going really well to begin with, and I was that's like, "What happens oh, it's when gonna... you push the envelope?" <laughs> Every time. That's what depresses me about shows like that, too. It's always like, we want to reward creativity and chance-taking, risk-taking. and that. But those people always lose. Those people always burn out, you know? The people who just play it safe, straight mm-hmm. down the line. They use regular flavors, and they play the... <laughs> anyway, that's slightly off topic, but, you know, that's where, that's where, the, that's where my truth lies. <laughs> I'm truthing right now. Truth in about shortbread. State your truth. <laughs> what Except else have we been doing? Lately? This is a fun little truth. digression. What we uh, we've been watching the baking show. We watched the Terminator last night, which I had never seen before. <laughs> you were scared to death the whole time watching. I was. Scared. I told you it's very suspenseful. <laughs> um, I did not like the part at the end where he got smushed by the machine. Um. Also, I guessed it like immediately. I was like, that You're guy's so going to end that. up being the dad. You're so good at that. I swear. Yeah. I need to read like when I get this, like, I know this, like I'm re- I'm reworking my novel. And when I get it, like when I get like the first, when I get it really locked down to where I'm like, okay, here's definitely like the first 50 pages. Those aren't changing. Then you need to read that and just tell me what you think is going to happen. And then I'm just going to do that. Like, I'm just, <laughs> because you always get it with movies. You're all like, oh, you know what's going to happen? And I'm like, wow, that's totally ingenious. And then that is what happens. I'm just so bad at that stuff. That's yeah. not my thing. I'm just about like, you know, like the language and the emotion of one scene and trying to like string that together into a story. I don't consider I'm a language guy, not a story guy. And I just like that kind of shit is just like, what, what should happen here? And I'm like, oh, they sit around and have a conversation. <laughs> that's that's me. When I was in Vanderbilt, the writing program, they always said that I wrote um, bathtub. I think they called them bathtub stories, bathtub yeah. fiction or something. The idea that your your character could just be sitting in a bathtub for the entire. And it all just happens book. in his head because it's yeah. all about yeah. It's it's like that you know. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like what about like tell that to Proust? You know, he's like I had a little bite of a Madeline, and then fucking eight volumes later, you know. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I just my it's the world of just thought and feeling, you know, and then Ugh, too much thought, too much story. feeling. I know it just gets you into trouble. It gets you nowhere. Where does it get you? Um, Lana Del Rey got really fat. Oh yeah, I saw that. I showed you the pictures. Well, I started by showing you a picture of her in twenty. It was a little mean because I picked a picture from her in like twenty fourteen when she looked. She was at her prime. You were like. 
Here's Lana Del Rey in 2014. Here she is now. Yeah. Eight years later. You were like, is this, what did you say? I said, oh, this is my actual nightmare. This is my actual nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. If that happened to me. That's what happens, though. I would just never go out in public again. You know, yeah. You're like that woman and death becomes her. <laughs> that that would be me. I would, I would just stay inside with my Goldie cat. Goldie Hawn's character. Yeah. Where she just like. She gets humiliated in public, and like seven years later, she's gained like three hundred pounds, and she's just sitting around in an apartment full of cats eating um, frosting from the she container. Has, from the container, she's yeah. like her whole cabinet is just like frosting containers. Yeah, that would be me if if I mean <laughs> Lana Del Rey is really brave. She's honestly, she's an icon of our age. But well, everybody's coming and saying, "Oh, don't say she looks bad." You know, um, uh, this is like. You know, her whole audience, her whole fan base is basically like little skinny waif girls who are like way into the Lolita thing. And now here she is like <laughs> looking like Lolita girls. We can come back to that if you want. That's always a fun topic. That's interesting. Um, but real quick about um, about fat women and ugly women. Um, <laughs> okay, Lana's still pretty because she still has her pretty face. Oh, I wasn't necessarily her talking about body. her body. Just this thing about like taking obese women and making them swimsuit models now. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and then Jordan Peterson getting canceled again for the thousandth time this month for saying like, "Sorry, not hot" or something like that. You know, again, it's like like you're not even allowed to question that. Like we're all supposed to pretend that we're attracted to to like obese women now that we're not attracted to. And for me to say that, like, what an asshole. What's wrong with obese women? What's wrong with obese? I'm sorry. Do you love bald men? Here's the thing. It's perfectly fine to make fun of bald men, right? Mm -hmm. Does anybody get pissed when you emasculate a bald man? You know, when you make fun of a guy for not having hair? I mean, balding is just, that's just the the male equivalent. Like, Like, women get fat and men go bald. And yes... Some women go bald and some and lots of men get fat in a different way. But like there's like a time bomb that goes off in a lot of women. It happens to them young and, and the same thing happens to men. My freshman roommate in college was balding when he's 18 years old. <laughs> you know, I've done plenty of guys who start balding and they're like, it's like the fucking end of the road. It changes their life completely. They're men who are like, they're, they're attractive, they're confident and they go bald all of a sudden and they just like... They just got, they just went from like young to old overnight almost. Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom. Like women don't want anything to do with them. They don't have any confidence. They're just some, they're just, you're just some bald guy now, you know? And everybody shaves their head now. I miss the old horseshoes. You know, you see like old 70s <laughs> movie and everybody's got like horseshoes and glasses. And I'm like, man, it takes me back. Like they're, where, there's those guys don't exist anymore. We saw that one That used to today. be what middle aged men look like. And now they all look like they're trying to look like fucking 20 or like skinheads. But you know, like you're, we know what's going on. If you're bald, we know why. It's like yeah. it's like it's like somebody's social media profile where they have like a picture of a cat instead of them. That means you're fat, right? I mean, you don't <laughs> want to use your own picture. So like, it's it's again, it's not okay to shame, you know, an unattractive person if it's a woman. But it is okay to shame a man for being bald. Am I saying we should shame women? No, I'm saying don't stop shaming bald men. Don't shame yeah. anybody or shame everybody. But make up your fucking mind. You can't have it all and give nothing back. You know? You can't just change all the rules of the social contract in your favor. You can't go in after the contract is signed and then white out all the shit you don't like. That's like fucking like Watergate. You're trying to go in and steal all the shit that makes you look bad. Is that what they did in Watergate? I don't know. <laughs> 